folks, welcome in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. It's Thursday, May 11th. Gavin Eubank, Kyle Foley, and Brent Peck is here with you this week. We're back for our monthly check-in, I guess, at this point. That just seems to be what we do now. Um, talking Orlando soccer, talking about the best professional soccer team in Orlando. Last time we talked, I think it was Orlando City B that, that claimed that title, but you could probably say it's the Orlando Pride now. Um, but no, not really. We're going to talk more Orlando City today. The uh, whoa, whoa, most whoa. disappointing team in Orlando. <laughs> I think I think we need to give the pride a little more credit than that. First of all, I'd like yeah. to know if, if there were any any local journalists covering the team that may have said, "Hey, the pride actually pretty good. They actually they've been losing late or tying late, and it's been a little disappointing. But the play on the field has been really good, and you're going to see it turn around and get some results." And everybody said, "No, this." A handsome individual who's clearly brilliant and, and intelligent in every way. They don't know what they're talking about. This is ridiculous. And now look what the Pride have done. They've won two in a row. Yep. And two they may even be three in the Challenge Cup. Two in a row. They are rocketing up the NWSL standings now in a tidy 10th place. Tied on points with Kansas City and Houston at six points now. Um, just ahead of Louisville, where they are coming off a victory against over the weekend, Messiah Bright, 22nd-minute goal. That secured the victory for Orlando. Like you said, two in a row. So, yeah, let's let's give the pride their due. Let's, let's stick with them here at the top of the show before we get into the more disappointing topics. Um, Kyle, like you said, this team... You've kind of been on on them from the beginning in terms of there's talent here. Maybe not, obviously not, um, top of the table talent, but there's talent here. And yeah, it took a little bit to kind of get the wheels spinning, but things are things are moving in the right direction now. As we record, literally 90 seconds ago, the Pride took a one nothing lead over the Washington Spirit in the Challenge Cup, which is happening obviously as we record so we're not going to have a full reaction to that game but what's uh what's been the change that you've seen out of this team what's going better for the pride to get these results now it's been a mentality thing and seb talked about after some of the disappointing results talked about how the team especially given they've got such a young core now they didn't quite have the mentality to close out games and to stay completely focused and make the smartest decisions. And even the players were talking after some of those results. They know what to do. They know, you know, in theory. But when until you get in those situations and actually come out of them, it's hard to, you know, you can't, you can't reenact those situations in practice, right? You've got to experience it. So there was some instability in the lineup in the beginning of the season, right? It was what three goalkeepers in three or four games it was a lot of players getting up to speed and rotating some things in and out and 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 a lot of young players a lot of young important players that are being relied on so it, it had certainly been a bit of a mentality thing and, and getting to the point where the players felt comfortable in late game situations closing things down I think the the game against Racing Louisville was the best example of that because you go to San Diego and you win 3-1. They, they were never really in danger of, of losing that even though or of, of dropping points even though 3-1 is the most dangerous lead in sports. But they looked confident throughout. And then you get to this, this Racing Louisville game where they're up one nothing and things start to get a little nervy towards the end. And I'm sure going through the head of some of those players was, 
oh no, here we go again. It's it's happening again. We're going to blow it. Something's going to happen. But there was a level of resilience there to close the game out, which is something they hadn't been able to do so far. And, and they talked post-game, Seb talked about, and even, even some of the players talking about, it's a confidence thing. It's just now that you've been in those situations, now that you know what to do, it's a lot easier to actually go out and do it there's nothing new that they had to learn there's nothing revolutionary that had to happen it was just a matter of getting the experience of being in those situations and then being able to to close it out anna morehouse had a fantastic game uh, in goal was just was absolutely on top of things and again with all of that it's just confidence building and as you gain more confidence here you're able to perform more consistently because you have more of a belief in yourself and that's what you can see with this team which we talk about how they have a lot of talent it's not top-of-the-table talent. They're, the the ceiling, the absolute best this team could be this year is, is still not going to be a top three or four team. But there is a playoff team there in that roster. There is the skill and the ability, even with so many young players and so many players getting their first games and their first minutes of their careers so far this season, and I think you're seeing a plan start to come together where you're starting to see the cohesion, you're starting to see things that really encourage you a for the future of the pride but also you know we questioned a lot of with seb Hines last year is is it is he a good coach or is he just steadying the ship amidst all the chaos and so we everybody feels kind of better about him and he's shown it this year no he's actually quite a good coach and i think he wasn't necessarily given the credit that he maybe should have given given what he was coming into and how messy that situation was but no he's he seems to really know what he's doing tactically and seems to be making the right decisions when it comes to lineups and even the substitutions and things like that it's just been a matter of closing out games and they've done that now in the last two and we'll see if they do that against washington tonight obviously by the time we're done recording it won't be over so we won't know over the course of this episode but just from what I've seen, they, they look, these younger players look more confident. We're seeing, I mean, Tori Hansen scored the goal in this game. Again, another young player coming in and doing these things. Very, very bright future for the Pride with the, the young core that they have. Yeah, and I want to hear, there's a quote here from Megan Fonafu, or Monofusco after the game against Louisville over the weekend that really um, brings home exactly what you're saying here. And she says, quote, we're developing and trying to grow as a young group, and we knew it was going to take a bit to build relationships and get confidence. I think it was a big thing for us. This team was just playing with fear at first. And once we finally figured out our identity and got that confidence, all it took was just a little bit of cohesion with the group. And I think playing hard at training and that belief in ourselves, and we finally got that win and took it to the next level. So now there's no looking back. We know who we are. We know what we can do, and the desire and motivation is there. So, I mean, definitely the theme of this team has been that it's young, it's inexperienced, and it is basically building itself together, you know, as as a unit. You know, it's not like there was a full team here, and then it's not like Orlando City, for example, where there was a big core of a team, and then they added a bunch of new players to mix together. This is very much a lot of new players coming together, a lot of new players, a lot of new professional players. And so now we're not only seeing it, but the the players themselves are out here saying like, yeah, we've, we've fit, finally figured us out. We know who we are now. And you can start to see that translate out onto the field. Um, so now as this team's moving forward here, I mean, 
they're 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 playing well tonight during this game that we're talking about. You know, is this obviously it's not a fluke? They're trending in the right direction, but can this sustain itself over the course of the next eighteen games, whatever they have left? I think if, if they can stay healthy, which obviously is the, the the crux for any team, right? Can they stay healthy? But I think I think the ability to do that is there. I think the obviously the playing ability is there. It's just a matter of can they stay healthy and can these young players stay consistent over the course of, of a full season? I believe they can. It's it's going to be challenging. It's going to get harder as the year goes on when you go back to facing more adversity as things progress. But yeah, I I have no reason to believe they can't. I think they've they've got a good coaching staff. I think there's a good core group of players. There's some some really good veterans too that know what they're doing and know you know how to be in these situations. So I'm not a uh, I'm not too worried. All right. Well, the Pride are back in action. Let's see. This week they have Sunday. another game on Sunday. They are playing against New York, New Jersey, Gotham. That game is in Orlando or in Gotham? No, it's it's in it's in New York. Can I just say, by the way, uh, the New York or New Jersey slash New York Gotham FC name is uh, awful, and <laughs> the fact that they can't decide which terrible city they want to associate with between those two is embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I one. love Gotham. I hate that they're just like we're New York, we're New Jersey, <sighs> yeah. we're, it's all of us. Like, yeah, you already yeah, you... have a great thing in Gotham. Just stick with it. Yeah, just just pick one. Don't even don't even pick one like you said. Just call yourself Gotham FC. It's 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 disgusting. But having to the New Jersey, New York, like they're both terrible places. We don't need to. Nobody wants to think about them. We want to think about Batman. I want to think about cool stuff with Gotham. I don't want to think about anything else. There you go. Yep. The uh, I was looking way ahead. Yeah, they play Gotham this week, five thirty. It is on Paramount Plus. You can catch that game. Um, anything else on the pride? You ready to move on? Yeah, I'm ready to move on to a, a more disappointing topic for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. All right. Orlando City, two games this past week, 2 nothing loss in Montreal. Robin Jansen, an own goal in the 62nd minute. And then Ramel Quioto, 66 goal, sorry, 66 minute goal, 2 nothing Montreal. Orlando is really struggling right now they came off a pretty impressive victory over the galaxy a week prior and then they go to montreal against a team that's quite frankly not one of the better teams in the eastern conference and they showed promise there there was moments in that game where orlando city looked you know was playing up to the level that we can kind of see them playing but ultimately not a result obviously that they're they're very proud of they didn't put a single shot on goal or I'm sorry, that was in the open cup game I'm thinking of, but they, you know, they outshot Montreal in the game, but Montreal put more shots on goal, which is again, a theme that Orlando city is, is doing throughout the season. They're not very good at putting the ball on target. Um, here's a look at their last seven, uh, league games now. So not including the open cup game on, on Tuesday night, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss flip-flopping back and forth. So Orlando City now, they are ninth in the Eastern Conference. They are just above the cut line on uh, 14 points. That's tied with D.C., Philadelphia, and Columbus. They have the fewest goals scored 
of all playoff teams in the Eastern Conference with 10. The next lowest is NYCFC with 14. I mean, here's the thing is, is Orlando is a five is a four loss team. Uh, four teams above them, DC, Philadelphia, New York, and Columbus all have four losses or more. So to kind of like put it in perspective, I mean, even Atlanta and Nashville, third and fourth in the Eastern Conference are three, three loss teams. Orlando's results don't necessarily stand out from the rest of the conference because parity in Major League Soccer is so relevant or so prevalent. But the way that they're playing, like it's just so uninspiring right now. Yeah. Uninspiring and inconsistent. I think it's the inconsistency, I mean, right? Like I think it's the inconsistency is the more frustrating thing for me. It's not like not you don't have to be a pretty team to be a good team. But you have to be consistent. And if you can't be consistent, and we've talked about pretty much every loss, and I I, I just don't want to say every loss because I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure every loss there has been at least a goal conceded that was an absolutely inexplicable where was your head on that play, which good teams don't do that. Good players don't do that. Like, And it's been every game that they've lost where they've had those moments. Right, and I think that's the... Um, that's the defense of keeping the you know the manager is is that the manager can't make a player focus all ninety minutes like that's on the player and their mental toughness to kind of make sure that they are you know in Champions League watching your left shoulder and not bat ball watching or playing the ball not playing the ball back into a defender weekly like in the open uh, back to the keeper in a week weekly like it's just that's 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 your argument to keep to keep a manager because it, some of these mistakes are just player mistakes. Like there's no tactics in the world will fix the fact of those, mis- of those issues. Like, and at the inconsistency, I think the thing that many fans don't, I think they, they're having issues with is the, the, the team just isn't fun to watch either. And I, and it's the eye test. Everyone's talking about on social media, the eye test, the team just doesn't feel good. They're inconsistent. They're not fun to watch. So we must, we got to change everything. Brent, let me ask you as a former, you know, collegiate player, you've been in the, you've played at, at a high level and surely you've been in positions, you know, on teams where things aren't going well for a little bit of you know, a stretch of time. How can you as a player tell the difference between coaches letting you, you know, coaches not necessarily putting you guys in the right spots to be successful or the team itself is not carrying its weight. So I never as a player thought that my my coach didn't give us enough information to go out and beat a team. There was, I don't think there was, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking... I think the only I think only one or two times that our that my coach was like completely caught off by tactics, um, and he immediately called it out in an end of game meeting. It's it's on us players like it, it is um, to study to focus to do what you need to do. I, I kind of go back to my first season in collegiate athletics where we lost all nineteen games, and Kyle kind of alluded to this with the pride with the oh no here we go again. 
Um, this team doesn't have that issue. It's just that one game they come out and they're pinging the ball around. They're looking great. And then the next game, they look like they should be playing in like USL. Like it's just a difficult thing from a coach. A coach, I, I really do believe the manager is setting them up for success. Um, I just think the players aren't delivering. And, you know, at a certain point, it's a result based business. They have to bring in a manager who does something different to get the players to focus differently. Because what is, you know, the information is given, but it's still not translating to the field. So managers are always kind of the translators of the tactics to the players, and the players have to execute it. If the manager isn't translating properly to the players, then you got to find a new translator. And I don't think we're there yet. I think you've seen too many of the player mistakes. Um, mental errors, stuff like that. So I think that's that's the thing I see. I've, I, I, to go back to your point, I don't. I've never had a situation where my manager did not fully prepare us for a match. We knew what we needed to do. We just didn't. Sometimes we just didn't go out and execute, or the other team just played better than us. That's that's soccer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're just a better team. They executed their game plan better than we executed ours. That that happens too. Well, yeah, I and I thing- go ahead. I was just going to say, so I think the thing that stands out to me for Orlando City is one of the critiques that, you know, is Oscar is setting this team up for failure based on like the style is not good. They're, you're, they're being handcuffed offensively. I don't think that's true at all, simply because we have seen, and you could say this might be part of the problem, is the fact that Orlando City has been trying so many different things, formations, tactics, like the way that the where the players are on the field to try to get different results in all of these games and it's in every one of these it's not like we've seen one where it's like oh that that's it that it's got to be that one because then you go out to like the next game and they try it again and then it doesn't work and so it because it's the players not executing and i think it's the coaching staff is is trying everything that they can to get these players to hit that potential but just collectively, like you're saying, it's they don't seem to all be delivering at the same time. Yeah, and it's I think I think you're going to see players. What you want to see from the players in a situation like this is them coming out and saying, "Hey, this is on us." And they um, I haven't seen that yet, but you know it's still early on. I think Who was it a couple weeks ago that came out and said, "Like, please." Please keep supporting us. Like, give us time. We're trying. Yeah, I forget. I forget who. Yeah, I think it was. Something I find interesting with with a lot of this too is, and there's there's two things. A, um, one of the things we heard, I think it was from Monofusco, and I I might be wrong on who said it after the Pride game last weekend was they actually talked about they had a players only meeting of. Let's talk this out and figure this out. Let's talk about what the problem is. Let's figure out why we're not clicking mentally like we need to be. And then you see a very tangible difference in what they're doing. And you look at the men's side of things where it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's been that sort of come to Jesus moment. And that sort of hey, we need to figure out what's going on. We need to we need to hash this out. We need to go cuz cuz at a certain point, I mean, we've said this a manager can only do so much and i understand in a results-based business at a certain point you got to replace the manager i think part of the issue is there's not 
the kind of depth it's needed. When Rodrigo Schlegel is your third best center back, you're not a good team. Doesn't matter how good your starting eleven is. When he's your third best center back, you're not set up for success because he's terribly inconsistent. I know he has uh, a moment that should be uh, encased in a statue and put in front of the stadium where the rotating lion sculpture was supposed to be. But he's a terribly inconsistent player who likes to be caught ball watching and has made a lot of really stupid mistakes in the lost Orlando games. And when that's your third best guy and you've got to start him in the beginning of the season because you get your second best guy out, it doesn't bode well for you. We were talking about the U-20 World Cup and how Mikey Halliday wasn't caught up because he's he's playing consistently for Orlando City. And he's he's not always been great. He's had some really good games. I think he's got a, a real good future and a lot of potential there. But he's had to play a lot because there are no alternatives. There are no good enough alternatives to play. And I think some of that, yes, may come down to not always recruiting the best players who are ready. Or or maybe they're taking more time than, than they should have to or than we would like for them to have to. But when you don't have – because if you've got guys that are underperforming, if you have guys that aren't carrying their weight, you pull them and you put someone else in that spot. But if you don't have people who can come in and do that, you don't have people that are ready for the league, that's where – Honestly, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but having guys like Tesho, <laughs> like that makes a difference when they know the league and yeah. they know things, and it it, it kind of it bandages things over, you know, a little easier than when you have guys that are completely new to the country, completely new to the league. Like a lot of that does take time for them to be able to come in and play those bit player roles, and so I do think, like you've mentioned, I think team has been put in positions of success i think we've seen that in the games where they've played really well that things have looked good i think the other thing too is we've seen in in the bad games it's been inexcusable mistakes really the charlotte open cup game was the first time i felt that it was like just a horrible game from start to finish so I, I think, and and Gavin, you mentioned formation changes. You mentioned trying new things. Like that's one of the biggest complaints I'm seeing. I've seen is, oh, you know, he doesn't change anything, and it's doing the same thing. Like they try to play with three at the back, and they try to play a completely new system, and it worked in one game, and then they tried it again, and it didn't work the next. And again, at a certain point, you go, listen, the coach is giving them everything, and and so again, I mean, it's Oscar. It's it's the last year of his contract. The way things are going right now. I I don't see how you or why you renew, but you get the year to prove it. I think it's it's very easy to make the playoffs in MLS, so I think making the playoffs is the bare minimum, and you see what you go from there. And honestly, I where I where I waver is just do you resign or do you bring in someone new? Because you have I think if you're going to bring in someone new, you have to know that they're going to be an upgrade, because you can bring in a good manager, but if the, if the players are still going to be doing what they're doing then it doesn't matter who you have so barring a, like a complete and total collapse and and like a five game losing streak, i mean they're they're alternating wins and losses it's again not ideal and it's not the best but they are winning games so barring a, a major unprecedented collapse i don't i don't see any need to fire mid-season but man yeah, it yeah, is I, it is it is a bummer i agree like never underestimate sustainment, right? Like the sustainment of the system and everything that's going on. He's, his contract ends at the end of the year. You might as well ride it out. You don't want to do a knee-jerk hiring mid-season, pretty much unless you can almost guarantee that you're going to get the result of being in the playoffs or where you want to be with this team. Uh, don't get me wrong. 
for me, the doomsday clock, and, you know, I'm 50-50. The last two matches have not put much inspiration in me to keep him around. Um, I think knee-jerk reaction right after that game was, nah, man, it's over. We need to get rid. As I start to think about it, dig deeper, watch games again, look at statistics, you know, there's a couple games, you know, the Champions League, they're two minute, a two-minute click-off away from advancing in that tournament. If someone doesn't lose their guy and he completely falls asleep, they're 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 in the second round. And like I just I, I agree with you, Kyle. I getting rid of him right now just doesn't seem and I know there are so many people out there that they could hire in and have an illicit response, but that doesn't mean that they're Orlando City who are they're looking for. Um, and I'm talking realistic hires. I'm not talking Pep and all these people from f- like Jesse Marsh. These these like outlandish people who you all think some social media thinks that's going to come to Orlando City. It's never going to happen. I just think you ride it out. It's going to be painful. It could be painful, um, and it <laughs> will ride it out. But like it's a win loss win loss. This team is not out of contention. Uh, they're out of two major tournaments. They have uh, one other major tournament left plus MLS. You get in the playoffs, all you have to do is have the hot hand. I mean, we've seen teams get hot in the MLS Cup and win, so there's no reason that Orlando City can't get hot. I think the veteran leadership, like you talk about, Tesho, you know, we don't have that veteran MLS player on this team that... Dax McCarty, that someone who's been in this league for a long period of time who can say, hey, it's a long season. We're going to have our bumps, our bruises. We're going to win some games. We're going to lose some games that we don't deserve. We're going to get you know, screwed over by pro referees. We're going to get some calls from pro referees. You don't have that here. So I, I think that's where you're seeing the issue is, is that this team hasn't fully come together yet. And I think... I feel like Poppy's doing everything he can right now. He's trying to change the formation. He's trying to change the players. I think I think you just re, just re-list, relook at the whole lineup. Every spot is open and put the best 11 out there. Um, I think any one of those positions is up for grabs. Anyone could be interchanged at this point. Because at every position, it, there are people who can go in and fill in. Yeah, so- I, I'll agree. Every position outside a goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, uh, but I would I would say that you know, I'm I'm this is this is a bold this is a bold thing, and I may take heat on this, but Mason hasn't played horribly, right? I don't disagree. I just night. I think he's been fine. I just, yes. there's like just a there's a clear level between him and Glesse, who's like Agreed. one of the in terms of ability one of the best goalies in MLS. Uh, yes, and in, and if he wanted to go to Europe in the in the summer transfer window. Yeah, not a big deal. I mean, I mean, it is a big deal. I think you, there is a drop off, but I think Orlando City would be fine. I don't yeah, think so that's their area of opportunity or weakness on this team. I think you could put the second stringer in, and they will do fine. So with this loss, obviously we'll get to the Open Cup game in a minute, and it's obviously a big loss. When I think about Oscar and I think about the job, obviously, I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but I mean. Coaches in England are not getting fired because they lost FA Cups. Coaches are not getting fired because they lost the Carabao Cups. Like things like this don't have an impact, and I don't think that 
a loss like Tuesdays will have an impact on, on Oscar's job long term. What ultimately matters in Major League Soccer is making the playoffs and fighting for MLS Cup. You know, that regardless of all the other trophies, you know, you want to win a trophy, but you play 34 regular season games because you're trying to make the playoffs and, and win an MLS Cup. And like you like you guys both said, you know, Orlando is a very much in contention and they're they're closer was it closer to third place than they are to last place, Kyle? Correct. Um you know the the bar to make the playoffs is so comically low in Major League Soccer and Orlando is hitting it. And so for me, I look at it and I say, okay, they're a playoff team. They're not any necessarily any better or worse than a lot of the other teams in the Eastern Conference. Other teams are performing a little bit better. Other teams are performing a little bit worse. But Orlando is basically out of 15 teams, almost in the middle of them. So what's the justifiable reason to say we should change a manager now? Because is it to save your season? You're not. The, what what are you saving it from? Is it because you're not necessarily playing well? Yeah, that's fair. But you're also uh, ten games into the season, which we're almost at the quarter mark, and it is fair to say, like, yes, there's enough time has passed, but there's still a lot of soccer left to be played. Um, but I I agree with Brett in terms of I think your two options are you know this is the last season of his contract you ride it out at this point and you say well unless it gets dire like this is our coach and we're going to continue to see what happens because like you said you get in the playoffs anything can happen especially um with the new format this year it's a best of three in the first round and then you go into a knockout so like there is opportunity you know you have up to three opportunities to advance out of that first round um but i mean i don't i, I Personally, I'm not at the point. Let me ask you guys this. If Orlando doesn't win the Open Cup last season, is the conversation this difficult? Well, I think I it is. Would... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, think it's I... a lot easier to say to, to rip the Band-Aid off if they hadn't just won that trophy? Yeah, because they were just as inconsistent as they were as they were this year that they were last year. All right, that they are this, yeah. this year than last year. The only difference is... They won the Open Cup. So I think that, you know, winning a trophy changes things. Um, and I think, yeah, like, it, I think it's a no-brainer. I, I just think that with new management, new ownership, I think they just say, you know what? This isn't our guy. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't won anything. This 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 type of soccer is not selling tickets. It's not entertaining. The, you know, the supporters don't are turning. We need to make a move for the better of our club from a financial standpoint. And I think, I think it's an easier move if you didn't win the trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But winning that trophy, it's a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty big thing. Pretty important, pretty important thing to do. So yeah, you know, it's pretty impressive. It's, I understand they played all the games at home. I understand it wasn't the toughest opposition, but they won the Open Cup. So I do think I do think that's not a thing that can just be, you know, poo-pooed and eh, whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal, which I, I'm not saying any of us are doing. I'm just saying. I also think if they were to go on like a three or four match win streak, I think that the tune would change 
almost immediately. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is Orlando could rattle off four wins in the next four games and be fourth or fifth in the Eastern Conference easy. Like, that's what's so silly about all this. And we've seen it so many times, not just with Orlando, but like any team in Major League Soccer. Look at New England last year. They were the best team in one of the best teams in MLS history two years ago. Last season, they failed to make the playoffs, I believe, right? Or they significantly worse. And here they are, same coach, same, you know, all of this. They're the top of the Eastern Conference right now on 24 points. So like, and and just got eliminated in the Open so Cup. Quickly. And just got eliminated in the Open Cup by a, yeah, a yeah, exactly. team. Like, the, uh, U.S. soccer domestically is designed for good teams to do poorly next season. That is I mean, the way the system is set up. Last season's MLS Cup finalists. They're in seventh in the Eastern Conference. Think about think What's about how far Atlanta have fallen over the last couple of years, right? They were one of the best organizations in Major League Soccer, top to bottom, and then yeah. are a complete shell of themselves only a couple of years later after setting all sorts of records. I'm, I can use your – I'm going to use that argument against you. You ready? So Atlanta's not good. Why are they not good? Well, they, what, do mean, what do you mean? They Why are they not good anymore? Coach. Who did they lose? <laughs> yeah, they lost a manager and they lost um, what's his name to Newcastle. Yeah, Almiron. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A no, manager kind of fell off a cliff for a bit too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but the manager, I mean, that he went to you know went to coach Mexico, and that's one that you saw the decline of Atlanta. A manager can make a difference. Oh yeah. Well, good thing uh, Tata Martino wants to come coach Orlando City. <laughs> yeah, that I don't see him. I don't see Orlando City hiring him. I don't think he's a moozy guy. No. He also historically uh, does not last long places. Does not no. leave on a good note. Does not things do not end well. They may go well for a year, but they do not end well. It's like the Jose Mourinho effect, but in this hemisphere. Yeah, it's like there's a disruption on that team because the next manager who comes in never seems to have full control of the of the team after that i'm with you there i i just the argument of getting rid of orlando city's manager right now is it's not exciting soccer it's boring this team has there's it's hard to see a way for this team to win games in their current state yeah unless unless the players start executing which again is is a thing that they're gonna have to yeah, do I mean, we know these players are capable i mean we've we saw what facundo torres did last season and we haven't really seen much of it this season. And we know, like, we've seen a lot of glimpses from from the um, the Ojeda's. And we know, obviously, Mauricio Pereira is injured, and that's a big loss for the team. Like, the, the back line hasn't been as great as we've been accustomed to seeing it, you know. But it is what it is. Um, so, speaking of Open Cup, Orlando did famously win the Open Cup last year. Unfortunately, they will now have to wait until next year to reclaim that title. They are still technically the defending champions of the tournament, but we will have a new winner this year. one nothing loss on Tuesday night at some community fields in Charlotte. Um, very disappointing. Orlando just, man, that was a brutal game. To watch from start to finish. Orlando didn't put a single shot on goal um, across 90 minutes. It, it, just another disappointing performance. Some, one of those games. And there was some rotation. Obviously, they were just a few days removed from the game in Montreal. Uh, which is, by the way, 
the middle of a three-game road swing because they will go to Columbus this week. Um, but, I mean, it's disappointing, to be honest with you guys. You know, I could live with the fact that Orlando probably wasn't going to repeat as Open Cup champions, but after all of the hype coming off of last season to suddenly lose the first game, it feels kind of deflating. Like, just big picture for the team now, at least for me, no? Yeah. I, think, I I don't think at any point that team they look dangerous. Like, was there a moment in that in that game you were like, they're gonna score here? They didn't want to have that feeling. Wasn't there like one? They got close in the first, like in the close. first half. But oh probably... yeah, Charlotte was the more dangerous team. They yeah. they put like it. It was a that's that's how you that's how you lose your job i think if it was a three four five zero game if charlotte really wanted to like pummel it in i don't think you have a you have a manager problem but like just because it was a one they were in it i don't i don't i don't get bogged down on the shots stat this isn't hockey i'm more about how they move the ball around how they possess it are they dangerous in spaces versus shots on goal like in my opinion yeah, uh, I have been looking because you mentioned didn't think Orlando would repeat, and I was just kind of curious. Uh, you know the history of teams repeating. It looks like Seattle. I'm seeing Seattle doing it in 2010 and 2011. Mm-hmm. It has. And it's then, very difficult. Yeah, I mean the fact that the Open Cup has been played since 1913, and the team that has the most wins with five, uh, the two teams that have the most team wins with five are Maccabee Los Angeles and Bethlehem Steel. Bethlehem Steel, who have not won it since 1926, and Maccabee Los Angeles, who have not won it since 1981. Then you have Chicago Fire with four. They won in 06. But then you've got two teams where the last time they won was in the 60s and a team whose right. last time they won was in the 30s. So, like, a lot of these teams... They have not won like they don't exist or if they do it's not they're not like top professional teams anymore so it definitely is is hard to repeat so that i don't put too much stock in but yeah it's just the the display of the performance and like everything else we've been talking about with orlando it's it's the way that they lost and it's kind of the bigger the bigger issue there i'm gonna ask a question that we haven't kind of discussed yet what was your preseason predictions what was everyone's preseason predictions oh, don't ask me to remember that For, i don't like- know <laughs> No, I, I don't remember I, what I ate for lunch yesterday. Do you think that expectations were too high? I mean, I said they were going to compete for a, a shield. Like, I mean, looking back now, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, of it course, seems like yeah, we it's all kind of goofed that, on that one. Do you think it was? We also thought that it would be like Philadelphia would be way better than they were. Um, yeah. Do you think we had blinders yeah. on because we won the you know Orlando City had won the trophy and at that point we're like you know what this team can compete they they are positioned themselves we kind of bought into the preseason hype and all of a sudden you know this team is still having the same issues they had last year. Is this team suffering from that problem? I think a lot of us fell for the fact that Orlando probably did have like one of the best, if not the best offseason in MLS in terms of the talent they brought in, the money they spent on players. Like I think that certainly was what, I mean, at least for me, built a lot of the hype. And like when we were sitting here looking on paper, like, oh my God, how can this team possibly even carry this many talented attackers? And here we are with one of the lowest goals for in all of major league soccer. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think we fell short of expectations. <laughs> our, just... our, our worst staff prediction, like predicting him to finish the lowest was former OSJ and Orlando soccer show 
contributor Austin David, who's since been fired, so his doesn't really count. <laughs> and then Mike Gramajo and Brad both said fourth. Gavin and I both said third. Brent predicted second. We all predicted that they would they would do pretty well in the playoffs and that things would be yeah. decent. Which there's still again there's still, there's still so time. much time yes. that that can change. But no, yeah. do, I feel like this team's bought like everyone's bought into the hype preseason and they're not exceeding. Is that does that unfairly put extra pressure on Perea? Um, not unfairly, but it does put extra pressure. It is professional sports. Maybe not the yeah. day. Okay, fair. It, in in the same way that like players not performing, like if you uh, the the idea of needing to fire a coach to get them to perform is ridiculous because they're professionals and they should be able to be professionals and do their job and not need to have a new babysitter brought in so that they can behave. So that's my hot take. Okay. Sorry. No, it's, it's a <laughs> I mean, take. like it's like, they're not, they're not college kids. They're not high school kids. Like these are grown professionals who make pretty good money to play a game. And I think at a certain point, you you need to figure it out. Take take ownership for yourself. There it can't be. Oh, it's a coaching problem. We got to bring in a new coach so we can do this. Yeah, it's not gonna fix. I this think situation. the one thing that's kind of telling for me is if you look at the advanced stats. I think last season we were able to look early in the year, and all the stats were telling us that Orlando City was overperforming. This season, all of the advanced stats say they're like right on the money. Expected points is. 12.84 they have 14 points their expected goal differential is 1.27 it's a negative one you look at other teams like um montreal montreal's expected points is nine they have 12 montreal's expected goal differential is minus seven it's actually minus 10 so like there's teams where the, all of these numbers are like farther off than normal and orlando is just simply not their expected goals for 11.6 they have 10 so like they're defensively they're worse than they are or defensively they are performing better technically and i think a lot of that was pedro Golese early in the year um 12.9 their goals against is 11 so like they're technically under overperforming they're underperforming offensively like it's not which pretty much tells us that we're seeing exactly what we think we're seeing and there's no luck or anything going against them like it's just they are who they are at this point <laughs> i'd like to go completely off topic for a minute because i just saw something that i don't like come on uh juan agudelo just scored against bill hamid in the open cup but they both play for usl teams <laughs> uh agudelo is 30 bill hamid is 32 absolutely should not be playing in USL except for the fact that maybe it turns out not actually very good players. Have you guys seen this? So this news just came down from MLS. So the Colorado Rapids have removed midfielder Max from all team activities as MLS investigates his connection with unlawful sports gambling. He's alleged to have received 60,000 Brazilian real, which is around $12,000 US to purposely get a yellow card against the galaxy last season you got you got to take more money than that yes. if you're gonna if you're gonna get busted for bri for bribes you can't i'm sure this guy's on the lower end of the payroll spectrum but how much is twelve thousand dollars to him listen twelve thousand dollars for any of us that's a pretty good oh, chunk of change twelve thousand dollars heartbeat 
$12,000 to get in the face of Ted Uncle, done. I, I do it for free. Like, <laughs> like, right? Like, that's, I mean, that's the yellow. Like, uh, wow, that's, that's something. If, if bold, if true. <sighs> All right. Um, let's move on now. Let's, let's get, uh, any, any, uh, world soccer topics you guys want to discuss? Anything from MLS or the world of soccer? Messi's probably going to go sign for a billion dollars in Saudi Arabia. I, I I think he's I think he's more likely to come to Inter Miami. Honestly, wrong. I think he's yeah, going to. I think he's going to Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. I think he will. I think he will. Already like I think he will. Mouthpiece for them. I, like I think point. he will yep. end his career in Miami. He may not go there next year, but he will end his career in Miami. I think, I, I think he goes to Saudi and tries to to be like the world saver and try to like turn people's opinions away from what Saudi Saudi Arabia is. Because the thing messy. is, does do does anyone I, regularly remember that Cristiano Ronaldo is in Saudi Arabia? No, no, exactly. Once every ESPN no, stopped writing an article every day, watching the game, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh yeah, like he's there." Yeah, that's that would be disappointing. Like the two greatest players of this generation living in obscurity to be just mouthpieces of sports watching for one of the you know dirtiest but that's but that's where that's, that's where i think where i think are. messi cares a little bit less about that because he's not really been a super vocal oh, he doesn't care yeah, yeah he like, doesn't he's care. not been a he's not been, like like ronaldo's been a social media guy his whole career and his image is has long been like the most important thing about him messi's not been that as vocally so that's where i'm a little less likely to be like yeah he's definitely going to saudi arabia i also wouldn't be surprised if messi just rides out in the sunset and says i'm done i've done everything i needed to do i've i've won i've won my cups i won my world cup he seems to be someone who just will just retire next you know and just go into some random villa in the middle of nowhere and just escape reality like no one ronaldo needs for like four decades <laughs> ronaldo needs the attention Messi, I feel like just go. Yeah, I'm good. This is it. Thank you. A little like Thanos at the end of Infinity War, he just goes off yes. to his own little like place in the middle of nowhere. I can, I can see that. But if one billion dollars is on the table, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. Let's be real. <laughs> Inter Milan, two nothing over Milan in the derby today. First leg. Hey, it's gonna be. Listen, I think AC Milan are clearly gonna have home field advantage next week. <laughs> yeah, that that'll definitely help. Yep. It's uh, it's uh, I'm hoping hoping the joke was received there. It was. I just didn't laugh. I'm sensing Gavin oh might God. not have registered. No, I I got it. I got it. It took him a minute. Nah. <laughs> no. It took him a minute. We got Man City, Real Madrid. When did those two teams have they have they played like one year? They were yeah, they, they played Tuesday. It was it was one one. Okay. What's his, who had that the bomb of a goal? De Bruyne. Yeah, he. Hit, yeah, it turns out he's kind of good at this, this whole soccer thing. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> um, Everton might you know survive you is this the year. Everton might survive. Yeah, five-one yeah, win. That's crazy. They, yeah, they could. Know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin comes back and suddenly, like he, they're so much better with him on the field. Of course, it's crazy. And you know, if, if things results go the way they do, we, you know, Everton could finish higher than Chelsea. Who would have thought? Not me. Oh, that that would be that would be great for everybody involved. If that like happens, we are we will be on this podcast celebrating. And, celebrating. And there won't be a single Chelsea fan here to defend themselves. That's correct. <laughs> All right. I feel like I feel like it's time to hop into our weird news and red cards. Wrap yeah. things up. 
What do we what do we got, folks? What do we got, gentlemen? Red cards. Um, I had something earlier. Uh, I'm gonna give a playing advantage to um, the TV show The Good Doctor. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Kyle, maybe you've seen this. My timeline on Twitter has been flooded with clips of this show. Um, if you watch enough sports on like broadcast television, you've probably seen. I think it's on ABC. This show. And basically it centers around like some really young, like super autistic doctor who's just like extremely talented. But people have been posting clips of it online because they just the way they portray being autistic is just so far like to the just the farthest scale on the, the number on the scale here. Um, and Did it's you just been a good time. Oh, you're playing advantage to like the Twitter memes, not I'm the actual show itself. I'm playing advantage to the absurdity of the show. Just that the, the fact that it's been the the memes that are coming out of it, the jokes, like it just brightened up my timeline because Twitter has gotten so disgusting over the last couple weeks, especially that it's been nice to have some laughs. I have a weird oh, okay. playing advantage. I guess like pasta. I Playing advantage pasta. to pasta. No, hey, no, no. my weird news story is pasta. the massive dump of pasta in New Jersey. Have you guys seen this? <laughs> I actually did. Was hearing about this on a podcast. <laughs> so like, it's it's just this middle of nowhere in in this town, Old Bridge Township. They found like fifteen wheelbarrows loads of illegally dumped pasta. Um, and so like basically this town, like they call it Pasta Gate, which of course it's a gate, you know. Um, and like maggots and stuff are now like overtaking that area because of the pasta. Um, and no one can figure out where it came from. And it's just like the pictures of it is just insane because <laughs> it's pound. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's he- like weird, weird news story. Um, and I, I'm guessing. I don't really have like a, a red card, yellow card, but man, am I excited for uh, Zelda, the Zelda sequel this weekend. You'll see, I will be spending my time in Hyrule. Nice, nice. I will also give a, a playing advantage to, I want to see uh, Fool's Paradise this weekend, so that should be fun. Have I you seen the Guardians giving... movie? The That's so... Have you seen the Guardians movie, Kevin? Oh, no, I don't. I don't do all that. You know, Gavin's... Gavin's, Gavin's a disgusting human being. Uh, speaking yeah. of disgusting human beings, James Gunn, yep. who I am giving a lifetime ban for causing me the the type of pain he did in Guardians Three. I have seen it twice. I'm going to go see it a third time, probably mm-hmm. this weekend. I cried both times. I probably cried more <sighs> the second time. And I'm not a movie crier. Like I get emotional. Like I can feel things. I know, I- shocking. But the only other movie that makes me feel really emotional at the end is Lord of the Rings Return of the King and this rivaled it I don't want to say surpassed it yet because Return of the King also has like two decades of emotional of course impact on me but man it was right it was so good like oh also, I'm listening to the soundtrack, and I want to cry listening to it. Like how, it, it's it's brilliant. Red red card Disney for bowing to the right wing internet mobs and firing James Gunn years ago, and 
kudos to him for being willing to come back and grace them with his presence for our third Guardians, but they screwed the pooch a couple big things. time. You excited You excited that he's going to take over the DC Universe after seeing 100%. this? Because I am. Well, and even what he did with Peacemaker and right. the Suicide Squad reboot, like... I have no no worries about what he's gonna do. Not so, everything will be a banger. Some things yep, will probably be mediocre. But I, yeah, super super excited. I have a follow up. Trilogy was good, right? Where would you put it on your all time trilogy list? Because that w- that's a big discussion around some of my friends. Is is like from a trilogy standpoint, is it top top three, top five? Um, well, See, Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings is a one for me. Lord of the Rings is number one. The original Star Wars trilogy is number two. Okay. I guess, I mean, I would have, uh, you know, a year ago would have put John Wick, but it's no longer a trilogy. Okay. Um, Is it the best Marvel trilogy? Oh, by far. Okay. Um, But I also think, I think Guardians 1 was already a top five Marvel movie for me, and I think Guardians 3 is, is... it's going to be hard to knock off the combination of Infinity War and Endgame just for the sheer like comic book magnitude, but in terms of like being a great movie, it's it it's something special. Yeah, it's the best three movies that talk about one like Iron Man one, two, and three. You're like, okay, you know, two has its one is 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 good, two has its moments, three is you know, Thor yeah. Thor's weak, probably the weakest of the trilogies. Uh, yeah, like that's the thing is I feel like Guardians as I watch it more, it's it's a top three four trilogy for me. Like, I probably would have said Jackass, but then they just Jesus. are not a trilogy anymore. Gavin hasn't seen Andor yet, so there's that. <laughs> that's it. I'm looking I've seen up s- some of Andor. I'm working on it. I'm looking up some some other movie trilogies. I'm so to remember, let's. If you took Indiana Jones Crystal Skull out of it, would you, where would it rank on there? Back to the Future is another big trilogy that we kind of talk about. Um, th- th- that's kind of the argument of where do you put Guardians on that list? I, I, it's it that third third movie. If you haven't gotten seen it, go see I think, it. I think so. The Vengeance trilogy is one of my favorites, which I recently started watching those this okay. year. Those are a, a, a Korean Godfather trilogy. Godfather. Uh, Godfather. I, Godfather is his own. I feel like that's yeah, its uh, own. God, Godfather three Th- is also uh, yeah. So terrible. one and two are great. Three is so bad. The original Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy. Okay, I still think Guardians is better. Is up there. I I might weak. agree with you. Three is I think yeah. I think weak I think with, yeah. I think Guardians weakest movie is is probably better than Gu- what's Guardians weakest too? Spider Man. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. better than oh I oh the Born trilogy. Okay. Controversial take, but I was a big fan of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. The spice, the, 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 the Toy Story trilogy. Force Awakening. Don't quote me on that. Force Awakening. Yeah, the, the, yeah I'm just not even. I'm not even giving him any. Uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings is number one. Star original Star Wars is number two. I think you've got like Toy Story. I think is up there. One, two, and three okay. are are excellent. Back to the Future is good. I don't love three as much, but Back to the Future is good. I wouldn't put it in my top five. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Guardians that, is in the conversation. Yeah, okay. I, I, it's definitely it's definitely in the conversation for my top five. Okay, fair. Well, I think that does it for us this week. All right. Um, all right. Well, for Kyle, Brent, Gavin, thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully we will have some more positive storylines to talk about next week. And uh, right now it just seems like the prior given that to us. So, you know. Well, it's uh, it's 3-2 right now. They're losing. Uh-oh. Yeah. But they were down 3-1. Oh they were down 3-1. And then they just pulled one back. So this looks to be a banger of a game. 
if you're listening to this now, hurry up and get over to uh, CBS Sports Network, and you can probably <laughs> catch the rest. If you of are, the game. if you are listening to you this before we have, <laughs> yeah, you can get in that DeLorean that we were talking about earlier. There you go. All right. Well, well uh, that's it. See you guys next week. Maybe. Bye bye. <laughs>